A young woman people can't stop talking about. Go Taylor. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Yes, Taylor Swift. 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 Ish. What just happened? Hey, welcome back to another week of Swiftish. This is Ashley. And this is Shelby. Hot, we're back. We're I know. Another week in a row. We're here. We're killing it. Yeah. I know. We took that, that little break and now we are back because there has been a lot of Swifty news in this week. I'm not traveling yet. You're not traveling yet. It's a pretty tame week, week right now. So we have some time to ourselves. How are you yeah. doing? How's, how's this week? Oh, I mean, you know, more of the same. I feel like that's just the story of (laughs) story of my life these days. But it was fun to have a Taylor Swift performance that felt like a a breath of fresh air, I guess, you know, a first folklore. uh, I know. So live performance, which I'm assuming. Did you watch the ACM Awards or I did watch the ACM Awards? I watched them live. I watched the whole thing, which I need to give. So proud of you. (laughs) I need to get some kind of points because I'm not. I I was in the country and I was younger. My parents, you know, I grew up listening to country, like old school country, George Strait, like Tim McGraw Mm -hmm. when Tim McGraw was Tim McGraw, (laughs) Um, and so like I enjoyed that, and so like. I, I can appreciate it, but yeah. I didn't know any of these songs. I did like, you know, there we did have like a Gwen Stefani Blake Blake duet, and Pink right. was there, but most of the songs I was just like, I do not know, <laughs> like, and I was just waiting for Taylor. And I think that's what most of the Swifties. I mean, I, I have to take that back. I have to take that back. There are a lot of Swifties who I saw in my timeline being like. Like, I love country. Who are you guys? Why don't you like country? Like, if, if you don't like country, then you right. really don't like Taylor. So, oh. Yeah. Yeah. But did you watch it? Oh, no. I did not have the patience for that. I, well, I don't I like country. Anything. So I, uh, I don't tend to uh, listen to a lot of it, except maybe like Shania Twain, old school. Oh, my so, gosh. Shania. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She can still do it. But she can. Um, yeah. I mean, the news broke earlier in the week that Taylor mm-hmm. would be performing at the ACM Awards, which is the first time she's been, she performed in seven years. And the last time she even attended was back in 2015 when she won the, or when she accepted the Milestone Award. Mm-hmm. And so it's been a long time. And I mean, it was kind of like surreal because we had just recorded the My Tears Ricochet episode where obviously she sings like, I can go anywhere just not home and then she's oh, like yeah. i gotta go home and it's like omg taylor <laughs> and it was sweet too like i you know i was just thinking like she has that she's betty and she's just yes. giving homage to her ties and her roots and oh it yeah. was so she did a great job she was very fresh-faced there were some comments on her appearance she looked beautiful but her <laughs> outfit, you know, some people, they just, they weren't fans of her outfit. They they liked the shoes. They liked the top. They liked the pants. They didn't like it together. They didn't like, I mean, she did her hair and her makeup by herself, which she and looked her beautiful. Styling, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> Stella boring. McCartney sent her the outfit. I think the top and the pants, I think. I'm not sure which one was, I know the top was Stella. It was all Stella, yeah. Oh, it was but all Stella. I think she like styled it together herself. So, so someone messaged us, and they said that Taylor Swift proved that stylists were necessary. 
<laughs> and she's not the only one. She's not the only one. Um, there's a Tumblr account, Taylor Swift Style or something, um, that felt the same way. I saw a lot of tweets, even Alana from last week. She didn't. And this person who originally messaged me saying she didn't like Taylor Swift's look, they're like, I want to know what Alana thinks. And so Alana messaged us. She's like, you know, it's beautiful. I liked everything, but I didn't like necessarily together. What yeah. did you think of her outfit? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I wasn't that into it. I it's kind of weird though because it's not necessarily like a red carpet event. Like she mm-hmm. just had a picture taken outside of the like entry <laughs> door as she went yeah. into a COVID empty stadium, but um or the Opry House, I mean. And so it wasn't as disappointing as like if she had shown up on a red carpet and was like doing that I mm-hmm. yeah I think that's a fair assessment it's like I liked all the pieces I just didn't know if they all came together I think I I'm also personally against high colored shirts <laughs> I think that comes from just you know uh trauma of my past like poor choices of, of <laughs> turtlenecks that didn't flatter me oh but yes, I did 90s. yeah <laughs> I did like pull my uh, my husband and my brother-in-law and I was like, oh, I didn't really like this. What did you think? And they both kind of liked it. And I think they liked different parts of it. Like mm-hmm. um, a, there was a lot of compliments on the hair, which actually surprised me because I thought they would have been like, I don't know, turned off by the natural girl. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But no, I mean, it was fun to see her n- not care as much. <laughs> Well, which is, is great because, well, no, um. I, I think it's great because it ties very well into Mirrorball where she's like, I'm trying to be everything you want. And now she's just like, this is me. I'm showing up. I didn't like, I didn't have any like fierce reactions to the way she looked. Like I wasn't like, oh, that's ugly, but I wasn't yeah, like, oh wasn't my gosh, hideous. I love this. Yeah, yeah and, there and are that's much why, like, worse looks than that uh, one. Definitely. So it was very interesting that that caused such and not an uproar <laughs> people weren't mad yeah. but people were like that was like a talking point and i was like you know that there's not a lot of going on in the swifty verse <laughs> when people are like you know comparing her outfit to um state farm <laughs> so, <laughs> i'm just like yeah. uh, it, just, it was just very interesting yeah. i thought she performed well though and i've never heard betty non-explicit Oh really? So I had, yeah, <laughs> I, like, I'd, 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 I'd only heard her say the f word, right. and and of course when she sang the "Go Straight to Hell" or something like that, she like grinned a little bit, and that just like I just giggled. I was like, I love that. <laughs> it just it was great, and I was also like, oh, I was like, we're gonna have to sing that version or sing. We're gonna have to <laughs> say that version when we're right. going through the lyrics because you know we don't want to be f bombs. <laughs> On the podcast. Yeah. We'll just have to mark it explicit. But no, um, <laughs> I felt like it was a pretty subdued performance overall, which mm-hmm. I think was in line with like the ACMs in general. Mm. I don't think a lot of them, you would know. Did any of them do like any outrageous like high tech performances? Um, I mean, I guess the only high tech one was Blake and Gwen. So they, they, they went to all these different venues in Nashville. Right. So not everyone is, one was at the same one. The only like high tech one, and this is, this is silly, is that Blake and Gwen couldn't go. So they had, <laughs> they're in a green room and they transferred that, like transformed Ooh. that into the blue. Uh, I can't even talk. What is it called? The Bluebird Cafe. Oh, so like yeah. that, that was the only thing. And so I, yeah, it was very subdued. Yeah. It was kind of awkward. I'm sure people were like, I'm performing 
for no one. It's just weird. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just it's weird. It's yeah. A lot of people, I'm sure that they just thrive off of the energy, of right? The group, yeah. and I'm, I don't know. No, but she sounded great, and she yeah. looked great, she and it was amazing. Like, and she did all the. She kept the audience engaged with some quirky grins and looks and side mm-hmm. eyes. So like, good in, for yeah, her. Yeah, it was like inside <laughs> jokes. It was just kind of like, yeah. hey, ha, hi, what's up? Yeah. It was yeah. great. And I also saw a bunch of people be like, okay, like now we got this Betty, which is pseudo country. We got to Uh see it live. And it's like, now all anyone wants is, you know, Taylor Swift debut and fearless and speak now all with her new (laughs) strength and vocals, which I know I just mentioned all the time, but you are so ready for it. You are ready for these albums and November is coming. You guys. (laughs) I guess it's she fall is coming. Like she's going to be doing yeah. it. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting and it's going to be, I don't know. I, well, I'm like this, is it just going to be all the songs? Is it going to be like, you know, her take on it? it I don't know. The, if the world mm-hmm. is going to be shocked and surprised, <laughs> <Yeah>. maybe. <laughs> but speaking yeah. of like recording CDs and records and everything like that, today is Friday and Taylor Swift, she or Taylor Nation, UMG, I'm not sure who who who's in charge of it. They released new signed record or I can't talk new um, signed CDs on the website, and they opened up to international Swifties and U.S. Swifties. And I saw like within a blink of an eye, all of the international CDs were gone. I don't even know how many they had available, but within like five <laughs> minutes, they were gone. And the other folklore, folklore CDs for the U.S. was, I think, they were available up to like I don't know, like noon Central Time, right after. Because I think it was released at 9 central time. And then at like 11.30, they sent out an email being like, hey, CD's available. And after that, they got taken up. But I was really surprised that they lasted as long as they, they did. But she's did also sent – <laughs> um, I got some more. <laughs> yes. But Wait, it's not for me. Wait, what are you me. doing with these? Oh, okay. <laughs> it's not for me. I, no, I, I <laughs> not for me. I'm going to give one to Leah for her birthday. <laughs> she already knows that. I'm going to give one to you. And then. Um, oh, girl. That's yeah, too I sweet. I was like, I hope she didn't get it. I was like, can you tell her <laughs> I got her one? Um, and then I'm going to do giveaways for our podcast so we can get more. Look more at you. Looks, You're like clicks. our own little swiftness. I know. Uh, angel. So <laughs> I figured out when I'm going to do the first giveaway. I think I might do it all together, but my friend is making me a uh, folklore inspired cardigan. Yes. And if that turns out well, she's going to, <laughs> we're going to like combine and do a giveaway where oh, we're going nice. to give away that, like another one custom to people's size. But like, I'm glad I gave, I sent her everything because she got all the yarn for mine. She might have to buy different kinds of yarn because that yarn specifically sold out because I think everybody was like oh I'm gonna knit a Taylor Swift cardigan because it's a, <laughs> it's called cardigan and, I'm, and oh. it looks almost exactly like it so it was it was meant to be Taylor Swift yes. inspired so who knows so I think that's gonna be the first one so once that's done um and I it's in my hands I'm gonna <laughs> do a little giveaway and then the other ones I'm gonna open up to international um to pe- probably split how many I have to like international and the u.s mm-hmm. wow but yeah Taylor, everyone's just got to keep their eye on swiftish podcast they do because i am just <laughs> lazy but you know taylor actually did send some 
uh, signed CDs to actual indie record stores in the UK. So that's exciting. So I'm hoping maybe more will come. One of the uh, record stores is doing like a, you have to prove that you're a Swifty. And instead (laughs) of going to the record store, you like will have to, on Saturday, this is going to be, by the time everyone's listening to it, it's going to be over. But on Saturday, you and today, you have to like take pictures of you and like a Taylor Swift merch or with a Taylor Swift CD to prove you're an actual Swifty so that you don't nice. resell it on eBay. Yeah. Which there are so many on <laughs> eBay. I don't even know like why people will buy a Taylor Swift. There's like hundreds for like, 150 yeah. bucks, 80 bucks. I was like cruising to see if like there was any reputation signed CDs or 1989. Mm. But I don't think she did sign CDs that era unless you were like oh. in person. Yeah. But. Well, what does that mean for your collection? That means when I meet her, I'm going to oh, be yeah, like, yeah. open <laughs> a mouth. I'm like, can you sign it's it? It's an old one, but here you go. <laughs> I know. Hey, hey, as long as she signs it, I'm, I'm yeah. just like, I have, I have all the others. Just sign these too. Yeah. Because so, I don't want to buy a fake one and be like, boo hoo, right. the fool. Yeah. And they're like, so much money too. So I'm like, if anything ever happens, I think I'm just going to bring CDs with me everywhere. I'm going to be like 80 years old. Yeah. With Taylor Swift. It's going to be, it's going to be worth a lot. And I have a fun little Mm. Etsy project someone's doing for me. And once I get all of, once I get it done, I want to have all the CDs to like put them up. I'll show you. I think I've shown you. I don't want to tell what, I don't want to tell people what it is because I don't want them to get my idea before I do it. Oh yeah. 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 No, no, no. Hold that close. Um, But speaking but, of good ideas, um, yes. I don't know if you saw, but uh, Swifty tweeted a movie idea, and oh, it was yes. at TS Lifestyle Thirteen tweeted this idea that was like, "Last Great American Dynasty should be a movie, and it should star Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds and Jesse Tyler Ferguson as the uh, next door neighbor." And mm-hmm. then suddenly Jesse Tyler Ferguson retweeted it and was like, yes, I'm totally available. And then Taylor responded to it and was like, I love this idea. And then Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds and even Gigi Hadid slipped in mm-hmm. to be like, wow, what a good story idea. So, mm-hmm. I mean, would your mind have just exploded if that had happened to you? <laughs> yes. I would have been like, <laughs> what the heck? Because I think I actually think it was – um, Blake first, then it was Ryan, and then Taylor, and then Gigi. I think that's what it was. Either way, like it just kind of like and that and Jesse Tyler was there somewhere in the midst. But I would have my mind would have blown up. I think <laughs> he got a lot of hate from it too. I think people were like unfollowing him. He got a lot of followers, but some people are like being snarky towards him. And he was like, "Listen, <laughs> I couldn't. I cannot control whether Taylor Swift responds or doesn't respond to my tweets." You don't either. It was so it's funny. The, it was like, yeah. And it's taking away from the actual idea of like, that is such a great idea. Let's make a movie <laughs> and let's do it. Yeah. People it, get it, upset it, about skinny ratios on oh, Twitter. No. So I know. There's nothing skinny about me. Of, uh, no one. <laughs> no, no, no. It's like a thousand, no. a thousand. I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm never like going to be blown up 200, on Twitter. 200, 200. Yeah. I don't know how to tweet. <laughs> I just don't know how to tweet. Yeah. I don't know what to tweet, how to tweet. Um, well, just movie typos. ideas, turns out. I don't know. I'm just going to be tweeting movie ideas yeah. with Taylor Swift. <laughs> um, yeah. But another thing that happened this week, which I was really happy about, was one of her stalkers from Austin got is got jailed for 20 months. 
Oh, which I thought was very interesting because he actually had like um, started emailing, I think, Big Machine when she was still there and then just escalated to like really like threatening, raping, killing kind of things. And Mm. he like even drove from Austin all the way to Nashville to deliver these letters, like trying to get to her personally. And so I'm just like, okay, 20 months. I was like, yeah. I hope I I hope that in that time he gets the help he needs yeah. because I see a lot of like there's just one account that's like always like it's just really creepy about Taylor and I just I, I pray for her but I mean I think this week like at first when we started preparing I was like nothing's going on this week and then I was like wait there are the ATMs folklore Blake yeah. it's just mirrorball Taylor it's, sent Katy Perry a hand embroidered mm, blanket see? I just everything in my I just I'm forgetting everything that's happening. What do you think of the blanket? Too much. Well, I wonder if Taylor's kicking herself for sending it all the way back in May because she didn't embroider a daisy on it, you know, because she didn't know at the time that was the name. Oh my gosh, she would have loved that. <laughs> yeah, that would have been so perfect because of Daisy and she loves yeah. daisies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So a, a missed people- opportunity, but it was it was cute. Well, I liked it because I kind of thought of the um, and now I send your. Your baby's yes. presence. I was like, oh, what's like you know to all the pop stars who try to steal her, <laughs> her backup dancers, <laughs> she yes. that, that like grind to steal the grind. Exactly. But now yeah. she's sending their baby's <laughs> presence. Yeah. Oh, to get one of those, a lot of people are like, I don't really like it. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. Always the if, critics. Yeah. Like if Taylor Swift sent you that. You would frame it. You you would sleep with it until you're 80, and it would just be like a piece of string. Like, yeah, come on. I thought it was yeah, cute. No. I thought it was adorable. I think the baby's gonna love it. I hope that the baby will use it. But she's embroidering. <laughs> we'll keep an eye on her for sure. Make sure she's appreciating what she's been given. I know, Daisy, Daisy, Daisy Bloom. <laughs> Daisy Bloom, baby Bloom. Uh, but anyways, I mean, I'm excited to get into the song this week. It's uh, mm-hmm. risen to sort of one of my favorites off of folklore, but it's track six, Mirror Ball. Mm-hmm. Which is, I think, three minutes and 30 seconds and three plus three. Oh six. my gosh. Yeah. You're right. I just, yeah. See? Look at that. Look at that. Her mind. It's all about numbers. Yes. August and eight, it's a, seven, yeah. seven. <laughs> Like, okay, come on. <laughs> and it's a Jack Antonoff track. It's mm-hmm. uh, the second one to show up on the album. Um, I think this was one that sort of, I mean, I was reading reviews and stuff, and it seemed like one that critics either liked or were sort of like, oh, it's forgettable. So it they seems like, over it. yeah, it seems like one of those sleeper hits, maybe. Um, on the most basic level, it's the song Taylor sings where she talks about how she's like a mirror ball, like a disco ball is something pretty to look at, but then it's also kind of fragile. And so there's, there's like split ideas on what it was about, whether it was a love Mm -hmm. song to Joe or whether it was more um, introspective about her. And what did you first think of it? Like when you first listened? So I, I know that Taylor has some songs that are dedicated to fans, like mm. Long Live. I think Change might be dedicated. I'm not sure exactly which ones, but I know there are a few, like definitely Long Live. And I was kind of thinking that like maybe Mirrorball was like that fan song, mm. kind of like um, the New Romantics for 1989. She was kind of like mm-hmm. dedicating it to her fans because, you know, like we're always there and 
she's trying to be, you know, the best for us. She's always reinventing herself. She's always trying to keep us interested in her and always coming back for more. You know, she's and showing us. And that's what us. you thought on first listen? Yeah, that's exactly Look what I thought on first listen. That's you're exactly like, what I thought. You're listening, you listen to my tears ricochet, and then you're like, oh, Mirabal, this is so, for us. I have to tell you though, because I always say I have to tell you. So Lance is <laughs> like I, I look at Taylor with like a different eye. I think I look at a lot of things with like a different eye. So Lance is trying to learn and you know, COVID, he's when he has some free time, he's trying to learn card tricks. So Cute. like magic card <laughs> tricks. And Amazing. so he'll want to show me once he learns it. And the whole time that and I this is how what I do when I listen to a Taylor Swift song too. And I don't know why. Um, and you guys won't be shocked. So he's showing me this card trick and I'm analyzing everything he's doing. I'm like, nope, you did this. This, this is how you know what card. This is how we, you know what card. Yeah. And I like, you know, you're, you're sliding the card here. You're holding it. You put it on the bottom. You slip of slip the hand. And he he's like, I'm not showing you any more card tricks. He's like, I want you to enjoy them. I don't want you to try and dissect them. I was like, oh, but that's just how I am when I watch movies and I read books. Like Taylor's a mystery to me. So when I first, like, I don't know. That's just how I am when yeah, I listen yeah. to Taylor sometimes. I don't oh, great, enjoy yeah. it. I'm always like, okay, <laughs> what message? What theory? Like, I'm breaking this down right now. Yeah. So what yeah. did you think? I honestly don't remember. It was like 1 a.m. Okay. But um, <laughs> I remember liking it. But I think I was more like, it was one of those that I put a bookmark in. I was like, I need to mm-hmm. revisit that one. There's but more then, to it. Yeah, exactly. And then I think when we first talked about folklore, my top this wasn't in my top three or top five or anything. Mm-hmm. But then through re-listening and stuff, I think it was on when we did our episode on PS You're Wrong with Matt. I was like, you know what? This is a good song. I think This Is Me Trying hits a similar note. And I like mm-hmm. I like This Is Me Trying a little bit more. But Miraval is very vibey. And I, I enjoy yes. it. And I think it has a lot of interesting, yeah, sort of underlying themes and like Miss Americana-esque yeah. and it's it's deeper and I think a lot of people like you said they just kind of dismissed it or just didn't rate it highly and it's just right. so much better than people's first impressions and I I've seen that I was looking at the subreddit for Mirrorball and a lot of people are like I didn't like the song at first but but yeah but. so <laughs> you're not the only one okay. I like it it's yeah. just like I don't really like the slower to slower pace songs. Mm-hmm. I have to be in the right mm-hmm. mood. Like mm-hmm. at night when I'm like slowly depressed because of everything, <laughs> that's when I'll like turn on this her slower stuff. That's when folklore is really at its peak. Yeah. It is at is at night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. A nighttime album in a different way than reputation ever was. Mm. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But I think that's Definitely. what's interesting when you look at folklore too and a lot of the uh, reviews of it is it's like when you compare it to something like reputation where arguably reputation does have a lot of these confessional songs where it's all about Taylor and you get like an insight into her mind. What I think works better here is that instead of how ultra specific her angst was on reputation, this is much more subtle and kind of, um, yeah, just, just those, it's kind of hidden enough that people don't automatically think like oh this is about taylor swift and can instead relate to it in a really real way and then kind of mm-hmm. see like oh this is saying something personal too mm-hmm. but our Definitely. i mean it's really just like a matter of getting into these lyrics because she Let's really because <laughs> she's, she's deep i know Let's, yeah <laughs> like taylor 
I'll start reading. Let's see. Yeah. Verse one. I want you to know I'm a mirror ball. I'll show you every version of yourself. I'll get you out on the floor, shimmering beautiful. And when I break, it's in a million pieces. I think this is interesting because like you said, it it does feel sort of like geared towards her fans, but it also feels like a a kind of a reflection on her career and the, the give and take there and the good and the bad that she's dealt with. And I think obviously this idea of the mirror ball or the, the disco ball imagery is kind of this perfect metaphor for this relationship that is sometimes so just like pretty and shiny and beautiful, but also when you look closely is pretty delicate and fragile and made up of all these sort of pieces. And I think that is something she's talked about a lot, actually. Um, One thing that stood out was in her speech at the Billboard Women's uh, Woman of the Decade, Mm -hmm. where she received the Woman of the Decade Award. She had this long speech. And in it, she says, like, this was the decade where I became a mirror for my detractors. And whatever they decided I couldn't do is exactly what I did. Mm -hmm. And I think that's been like a theme of her life, you know, and that's like something she's talked about and sung about. And so I think here she's like telling us straight up, she's like, I want you to know as sort of this request for her fans and her detractors to just like sit and listen and understand like exactly what she's done to try and make us all happy, even if it's kind of hurt her in the process too. Yeah. And she even said like in Miss Americana, because she was, she has that constant pressure to reinvent herself and mm-hmm. to make people always come back. So I, I know a lot of people on Reddit and on Twitter have said that maybe this is her relationship with with music, with the music industry. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, being a woman, 30 is kind of your peak and then you're just kind of, I guess, quote unquote, aging out. And the only way to keep people's attention as a woman is to be shiny, be pretty, you know, um, Okay, like like she's done it. She's even for folk folklore. She she did it. She reinvented herself. She's constantly mm-hmm. reinventing herself, and that just has to be exhausting. And it just and it you know she's always shimmering and beautiful in the way that you know she's we want her to be. So she reflects what we want, to, right. what she thinks we want to see. Yeah, and I really like this. Um, I mean, it's at first it's like, oh look, isn't it pretty? Like we're all just dancing, you're on the floor enjoying yourself, and then she kind of ends with this really tragic image of when I break, it's in a million pieces, and I feel like that's really compelling for her, especially because she has been such a confessional songwriter and she has put her entire personal life like on the <laughs> the pages of her songbook, and so it's like literally every breakup heartbreak life lesson she's Mm -hmm. packaged for us into a catchy tune that brings us out on the dance floor and it's like you know like even just thinking about some of her bigger pop hits like out of the woods or holy ground and even something like all too well like those were all songs that I imagine were hard for her to write or at least reminded her of a sad time in her life and yet we listen to them and we just like headbang along and we, you know, pump fists and we go to concerts and we have this big, shiny explosion of like, you know, party favors. And it's and it's such a different experience for us than for her. And I think that's sort of what she's saying here where she's like, yeah, you get out on the floor and it's all thanks to like these million shattered pieces of my life. Mm-hmm. So you're welcome. 
Yeah, I think Taylor, too, with her music, you know, Mirrorball, like I mentioned earlier, reflects what mm. is, you know, in front of them. And I think when she goes through these heartbreaks or these times in her life, she she's like, you know, she puts it all out there and she's trying her hardest to be kind of like, what do people expect from me in this moment? And yeah. like maybe she's not ready to really fully – perform it or to write it but she feels that pressure to be relatable because that's what people know know her as relatable oh everyone can listen to taylor's album and there's that one song and right. i just think she's there's a lot of pressure um and i kind of you know you see it in her own music and i don't know it's kind of heartbreaking to think that like this is how her career has been right but. well and it's interest. it's just an interesting way to kind of draw attention where she's like yeah, I've written all these songs and they've been successes. And then it's like, like, it's something beautiful, but it's like, you've also seen every single like misstep, every musical criticism, every like personal blunder I've ever made. All these little pieces of my life Mm. have been on display. And like, you need to acknowledge like that I've given that to you too. Like my sense of privacy and like my in my like personal life is really just a totally different experience than any of us could really understand. I know. Oh, I can't even. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll go into the chorus. Hush. When no one is around, my dear, you'll find me on my t- tallest tiptoes spinning in my highest hills, love shining just for you. Hush. I know they said the end is near, but I'm still on my tallest tippo- tippos, <laughs> tiptoes, <laughs> spinning in my highest heels, love, shining just for you. And I really like this because, I mean, this is like this part of the song where she kind of like changes, uh, I don't I don't know, musical <laughs> terms. But it goes a little higher and it's a little a bit more chords. like, yeah, it's oh, a little yeah. bit more uh, kind of breathy and, and almost like effervescent and... Um, it feels to me almost like she sings the verses to us, but then this chorus is a reminder to herself to like take a, like she's telling herself with this gentle hush to just like take a breath. Like, yes, I've broken. Yes, I've done this all for these people, but why? And I feel like that Mm -hmm. has been interesting to read the chorus as more of something of self-reflection where she's talking about why she's doing it. And it's because even when she's alone, even when no one's watching, all she wants to do is make music. All she wants to do mm-hmm. is is I enjoy like this um, sort of life she's been given, no matter the like hard the hard parts that come with it. So I've never heard out of all like the the reviews and you know um, in depth articles or like subreddits I've read, I've never actually heard that point of view, and I kind of like that because you know she's kind of like giving herself that pep talk. Just being mm-hmm. like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I'm doing what I love. Um, I'm going to do the best at it. Because I had kind of read it that's like to my fans. You know, I'm always right. trying to reinvent myself, trying to, you know, be the prettiest, walking on that tightrope, going through all this stuff just for you. But I kind mm-hmm. of like the way that you're reading it too. Yeah, I think there's room for both because there is something that's sort of like, you know, it, it kind of draws to mind, too, the fact that so many Swifties, the reason they're Swifties is because, like, oh, Taylor saved my life. Oh, Taylor's music mm-hmm. helped me through this dark time. And so it does kind of make sense that she could be singing to this idea that 
yeah, when we're alone in our rooms and when we feel like our lives are a mess or whatever, you can turn to this song or that album and suddenly feel like she's with you because that's obviously something she talks about a lot is that she's she's doing it for the fans. She's doing it for the fans. She thinks the fans. She loves the fans. The fans are her mm-hmm. best and longest relationship she's ever had. So I definitely think there's like <laughs> that image too. But it just feels like... Um, you know, when you look at something like The Archer, where it's really, she's singing about that anxiety and sort of like, why do I keep doing this? What has this given me? This song almost feels like an answer where it's like, oh, okay, like, it's okay. Like, they said the end is near, but I'm still here. Like, I'm still dancing. I'm still mm-hmm. believing that I can keep doing this. And so there's just something kind of like cozy about this sort of self-hug that she can give herself here. And it's sad to think that, like, that's how the industry is. Like, the older you get as a female, you can, like, you know, people just kind of throw you away like a, like a, you know, an unwanted right. card again. Um, and it's just, it's, it's like kind of a little shocking to think that if that's the case, like, she is getting older. And I'm like, what would I do without Taylor? Like, I know <laughs> I'm getting older too, but it's like, wow, what is a world? Like without like a new Taylor Swift album or Taylor Swift, you know, rocking the music world or like turning Apple Music streaming upside down. Yeah. Like it would just be, you know, I was actually, I think I was watching, I think it was, or something about like the voice or, you know, when people get, they're like, there's certain ages. Like I, I'm thinking of like Britney Spears or Christina Aguilera where, you know, they've now they're either, you know, they're, judges for the voice and you get some people in their career like uh backstreet boys who are dancing on you know dancing with the stars because they got to that point where like they're no longer really working because people just aren't interested in them anymore so they mm-hmm. they're reinventing themselves in different spotlights or they're going on reality shows and i'm wondering i was like when i was watching dancing with the stars like i was like will taylor ever have to like be on here because <laughs> You know, like that's what she yeah. feels like, you know, will keep her more relevant. And it's just, it's crazy to think about that stuff. I know. Yeah. I, I mean, that's what's it. so interesting is that it does seem like this chorus touches on two very distinct insecurities for her, mm-hmm. which is that one, no one's going to show up. No one wants to see her anymore, which was like a huge worry about the reputation <sighs> tour. Mm-hmm. And then two, that they said it's over for her and that she's no longer relevant and she probably won't ever have the success she had in XYZ era. And mm-hmm. so it seems like just the way she punctures both of those with like that gentle hush, she's like, just take that breath, take a moment, like just recognize why you do it and also let's talk about it together you know yeah it's like her her therapy like let's just kind of (laughs) go through it these you have these anxieties you just calm down you're not what people say you are (laughs) Uh, and in verse two she says I want you to know I'm a mirror ball I can change everything about me to fit in you are not the regulars the masquerade revelers drunk as I watch my shattered edges glisten that's another great image Mm -hmm. that I think really paints a provocative picture of of kind of how her mind works and where her brain has been especially if you think about the fact that she's writing this in COVID she's had to cancel Loverfest like she's reflecting on her career and planning how to you know re-record her masters or whatever and Mm -hmm. so she's she's very self-aware enough to be like yeah I have been the one reinventing myself 
and giving my, you know, and my music and my sound to feed this constant need for changes. And then the way she's like, did I do this for the wrong people? Like the masquerade revelers who just want to see me fail, which is something she talks about in her documentary a little bit, like being the people pleaser and feeling Mm -hmm. like any criticism she gets, she has to automatically course correct to make them like respect her. And that itself has led to certain uh, issues in her personal life too. And like her career Mm -hmm. and, and dramas and whatever scandals. And so here she's like, I think she does kind of give respect to the true fans or those people who, who aren't like the general public who really did understand that, you know, Taylor wasn't playing the victim or she wasn't just dragging ex-boyfriends through the mud so that she could have a new song. Like, it's like, she's like, Oh, you were, you got it. Like, I understand now that there is Mm -hmm. a select few of you who understood like why I did everything I did. Yeah. (laughs) I like how I was just, I was going to ask you, who do you think you is? And of course you answered that, but I also like how she says drunk as I watch my shattered edges glisten Mm -hmm. because even through her, her demise or even through what people thought was the death of Taylor Swift, RIP. And you know, she shattered and she's broken, but she's been able to put herself back together and come back even brighter and better. And Mm -hmm. I just, I'm like thinking of all everyone who has, you know, bad mouthed her or, you know, hated her or, you know, done anything cruel towards her. And they're just kind of like, it's kind of like a mean. They're just like mm-hmm. drunk in a bar, just like <laughs> being like, Taylor Swift can't sing. So it's yes. just, you know, even though she's broken, she's she's still fixed. I don't, I don't you know, she's still glistening and no, glowing. Yeah, she's made something pretty out of her, you know, <laughs> disasters or heartbreaks or whatever it is. It's kind of like, a, what do you, you know, lots of broken glasses people will make into a, oh, what is it called? Like Don't glue all these broken, a... Yeah, mosaic. It's kind of like mm-hmm. that, you know, like yeah. it's not really broken. It's just in a different form. Yeah. And yeah. I think that is just like such a sad image too, is just, and it is sort of asking us again to acknowledge that like she's human and like, we've all been sitting there analyzing like her Kimye dispute or Mm -hmm. what she said on stage when she talked about snakes or whatever it is. And we all get to sit back and kind of be removed from the emotion of it and just judge and analyze and uh, decide what we would have done differently. And she's calling us out, calling anyone out for being like so focused on those shattered edges even though it's Mm -hmm. like you're still enjoying my music you're still enjoying my art you're still talking about my art and yet you're refusing to acknowledge the work I put into it Mm -hmm. yeah because it's not her work she doesn't write her own stuff (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) and we go into the Mm. chorus hush when no one is around my dear you'll find me on my tallest tiptoes spitting in my highest hills love shining just for you hush i know they said the end is near but i'm still on my tallest tippo tippo i keep on saying tippos tiptoes <laughs> it's, it's a cute word it should be a real word <laughs> i know spinning in my highest heels love shining just for you and then we get into the bridge and they called off the circus burned the disco down when they sent home the horses and the rodeo clowns i'm still on that tightrope I'm still trying everything to get you laughing at me. I'm still a believer, but I don't know why. I've never been a natural. All I do is try, try, try. I'm still on that trapeze. I'm still trying everything to keep you looking at me. 
Yeah. That is Timo. I'm sorry. <laughs> he felt it. And I He's trying it everything to get me to yeah. look at him right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll come exactly. to the outro so we can talk about that. I'll close it up okay. all together because I'm a mirror ball. I'm a mirror ball. And I'll show you every version of yourself tonight. Yeah, I think this is a nice bridge moment. I think it's sort of it's sort of a chance for her to really break down her career for us. I know a lot of people have noticed that this whole imagery of the circus and the disco and the rodeo clowns all seems mm-hmm. to reference her different eras with like Red Tour literally having its circus themed yep. and the disco inspired songs of 1989. And then, of course, the, like, cowgirl energy of <laughs> Fearless. So it's, like, you can see her kind of setting the stage for us to be, like, I was supposed to end here. I was supposed to be done mm-hmm. here. This was supposed to be my peak here. But I'm still, like, walking this very thin line of, like, relevancy. And I'm still, like, trying. And I think that oh. is where where she kind of finds her voice. Like, it's not as... It's not as sad or like not hopeless but like something like the archer that feels so like heavy and 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 burdened this feels like it's kind of shaking the shadows off and and she's like embracing that no matter her own anxieties her own insecurities her own fragility she's like but these are the reasons I'm gonna stay and it just Mm -hmm. feels more uplifting than maybe other similar uh themed songs feel hold on (laughs) Timo agrees with me (laughs) Um, sorry about that. Um, so one reason why I was kind of like, oh, this is definitely for fans is because of this bridge. Because mm-hmm. in my mind, she's singing, like you said, all these different eras that she's been through. You know, she's still trying everything to, you know, get her fans to come back, to stay. I specifically was thinking of like Tumblr, you know, kind of when like she makes mm-hmm. fun of herself. You know, she's trying to get everyone to laugh at her. She's trying to be like yeah. the... The, you know, the person who's so relatable and goofy, but, you know, beautiful and stunning. And I, you know, at the beginning of her career for the first I, I, few era eras, she was kind of like awkward, you know, like that relatable mm, awkward mm-hmm. person. And that just kind of like really honed in on me when she said, I've never been a natural. All I do is try, try, try. Because she, mm. you can definitely tell like the first couple, like the first four albums, she, she was trying to be what she you know you can still like just the way she was walking the way she was like the, the fake smut the fake like shockedness it was just or not even fake but do, i don't know if you know what i mean right. i'm just kind of like splurting out no i like nothing. that i think it no <laughs> no my dogs like i'm like where am i right now <laughs> no i think that's fair and i think it's uh it's true like i mean even just the way this all seems to be building about like every promised end to her career she's mm-hmm. faced where like red didn't win a Grammy and oh, pop shit. Taylor was canceled and she had no home in country anymore. And then she's just saying, well, I'm still here. And it's like, she's still on that tightrope. She's still balancing all these things she needs to as a woman artist. And she's still mm-hmm. trying everything because here she is again, literally switching genres, exploring a new sound, unsure if she'll find success here. And it's like, I really like this line. Like I'm still a believer, but I don't know why, because like we've learned through the songs, every broken piece, every shattered edge, it's like, she has so many reasons to walk away and just like decide she's over 
over the burden and anxiety that comes with being a pop star but instead she's like but I still believe in like doing this Mm -hmm. I still I still want to try like I still want to take these criticisms and be better or or prove them wrong or whatever it is and instead of always seeing that people pleasing as a negative she's instead looking at the positive of it where she's like she's always challenged herself to be better and look at all the things she's accomplished and she's always had a thin skin but that has allowed her to process these emotions in such a relatable way for all these fans that are still like watching still enjoying Mm -hmm. still talking about it yeah it just I was thinking how exhausting it must be like every era trying to you know this this era has been different but trying to like change so much trying to right. make the the look different trying to be like what will fans like what will the locals you know be shocked by or what would they they want to hear what what's the look of the decade mm. and even though like and she, like at, at first I was like Taylor didn't really like change her look for this decade but she kind of did but I feel like she it's less dramatic as it has been in the past it's it's more subdued and I wonder if, you know, if it's just because of COVID, she's not going all on out and she's not really promoting the album as much as she used to, or is she just really kind of at this point where she's like, I've been in mirror ball throughout my whole career you know, I'm still trying right now, but I wonder if she's going to get to a point where she was like, just accept me for me. Mm. Um, I'm still going to, you know, kick it out of the park like I do because that's just how Taylor is. But I wonder if they'll get up they'll get to a point where she's like, I don't need to reinvent, you know, myself yeah. each era. I know. It's interesting because even watching the documentary and seeing like, yeah, what a struggle that is and how it has led to some like issues mentally and emotionally for her. But then you also see like, well, she's just proven that she can do so much and like mm-hmm. it seems like there is a lot of given taking pros and cons to that like tendency with her so it is interesting to think well is she gonna stop because she feels fulfilled now or is it just going to be channeled more positively and less like toxic <laughs> you yeah, know I think you know her priorities are definitely changing um like she's saying I think I don't remember what song it was in Lover but she had said like it might have been in it was in Reputation how she sings her as she sings about Joe and how her priorities are changing. I think she's mm. slowly kind of morphing and you could see it throughout some of her career. Like if we would have had a have have had a lover fest this year, you know, she's changing the way she promotes her album. She's changing the time she's spending touring. Um, she, and she's proven she can still produce great work mm-hmm. without having to sacrifice it all. Right. Um, so it's been interesting to see that growth within her too. Yeah. And I like that that sort of thesis statement of the song where she says, I'm a mirror ball. I'll show you every version of yourself because so much about this song is self-reflective and she's, and she's showing a lot of herself and she's thinking a lot about herself. And yet she's saying like in, in this, she's also saying, but somehow I'm also showing you every version of yourself. And I think that that kind of speaks to how like, yes, Taylor's tried on all these different hats and she's done all these different things, but that doesn't just say, you know, whatever about her. It says a lot about us as like mm-hmm. consumers and as fans as and, and judges and, you know, taste yeah. makers and critics and all this. And she's saying like, 
she's been able to connect to people a million different ways, both positively and negatively, and like with both fans and haters because she's confessional and that's been exploited and that's been appreciated. And it's just, she's been seen as an object that exists solely to entertain, but then other people listen to her and learn something about themselves. And so I think it's important that she ends by turning the mirror back on us and being like, so I've processed this. I've figured out what I want to learn from my (laughs) life story, but what is this saying about you? Mm -hmm. Oh, it's it's much deeper than people give it credit for. Yeah. And I think I it's like, it. it reminded me a lot of sort of her mantra in her documentary where she mm-hmm. was like, I want to keep a sharp pen, a thin skin, and an open heart. And I think mm-hmm. that sort of is her, that's how she's always been. And she's learning how to really process that in a more healthy way, which is so good. And her now acknowledging, like, maybe it was all worth it in the end. Like, maybe it does all come together in a, in a very pretty picture that she can now appreciate a little bit better. Yeah. Well, what I'm excited for is her 30s. You know, she's <laughs> proven to us how much she's grown. So I'm just excited to see where her career will go. I don't think that the end is near at all. I'm mm. All these different things that are happening in her life, different turns and twists. It'll be interesting. It'll be lovely. Yes, uh, and we'll yes. get to dance hopefully again to folklore one day all together. Or to we'll see. <laughs> yeah, or to something. Her yeah. uh, her ninth album that we're probably going to get next year <laughs> when we're still in quarantine. Yes, no. oh, get something. Um, and she'll own him. And like after in November, she's going to be re-recording all of her songs, and she'll finally own her masters. Yeah, or her new masters. Which well, is- yeah, she'll have. <laughs> she skirted the system a little bit just a bit just a bit (laughs) speaking of masters um shall we get into this week's tea yes do you want to kick it off yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean so we've talked about kanye west before and i think it's hard Mm -hmm. because i definitely don't want to downplay what he's going through and i think it's really difficult when you have someone in the public eye who has uh, been diagnosed with a mental illness and seems to be going through something right now. But mm-hmm. he has made headlines this week because he is now fighting a similar fight that Taylor is, which is that he has realized that his contracts have kept him from his masters and he feels that's unfair. And he's kind of made it a, a new mission of his to try and, I don't know, change music so it all feels mm-hmm. very familiar especially to Swifties for, I think yeah especially for black artists too yes yes um so I did I did not know because I guess I, I wasn't doing like the tree but whatever record label he is signed to is actually a parent label of UMG yes. which is what Taylor signed to and Taylor was able to after her you know, after she signed a new contract, now she fully owns her master. So it's really interesting to think about like where this will go with Kanye because they did make history, I guess. Of, I think Taylor Swift might be the only artist that they have who was going to own all the music they make under that contract. Um, but Kanye has said that he's not going to release any more albums until his contract expires. Mm. So I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a, it's interesting. I think what's been more 
the tea time for me. Mm-hmm. I I mean I agree with I agree that the music industry is kind of messy. It it has a lot of weird expectations like that where artists don't get to keep their work through mm-hmm. their lives but it's been like that like since oh yeah and so I think as Swifties we can all appreciate exactly where he's coming from because this parrots exactly what Taylor Swift yeah. was saying when she wrote her Tumblr post about big machine records mm-hmm. and the selling of her masters and so the tea time to me is yeah. really interesting that you look at like how the general public reacted to Taylor and it was a lot of, well, you signed the contract. Like maybe mm-hmm. you should have known better or, as a 15 you know, what? Uh, yeah, <laughs> they're like, well, you should get over it. It happened after you left. Like, why are you crying about it now? Like, blah, blah, blah. And then you fast forward, you know, a year or two later and Kanye says his thing and instantly on Twitter, hashtag free Kanye is trending. Mm. And there's just a lot more general support behind him. And I don't and I agree with it, but it's just uh, it's just a frustrating thing to, you know. To witness. To witness. Yes. (laughs) Especially as women who have seen how the double standards work in so much already that it's like, we just had this conversation and you guys had very different ideas about it when a woman was saying this. But now suddenly we all understand it because Kanye is saying it, you know? Yeah. And in the situation (laughs) too, it's definitely different. Yes. A different scenario, different time of his life and what's going on for him he i thought it was interesting that he had tweeted how he tweeted all of the pictures of his contracts and asked lawyers to (laughs) to review them and i told lance i was like you should review them and see because my (laughs) husband's a lawyer and i was just joking um but i also thought it was he want he wanted to get a lot of attention on it like he Mm -hmm. he wants he wants to change the music industry which i i know taylor can get 100 percent behind I know that's something she'll want to do. And he was like, you know, I, I want Drake to retweet this. I need to get attention from all these people. He's like, even Taylor. Mm-hmm. And I know that like kind of like a lot of Swifties blew that up. And they're <laughs> like, uh, what? So, yeah. You know, I mean, my heart goes out to him right now because I hope he I hope he gets the help he needs. I hope his, his family is there for him. Um, it's just strange yeah, times right now. Yeah, it's a messy now. situation. Mm-hmm. And it's – do I think Taylor – owes it to him to step up since they Mm -hmm. have a similar cause i don't know i don't it's just like it's just a very very (laughs) very messy situation that's complicated by Mm -hmm. their relationship obviously and and so yeah i mean i guess my hope is that as people embrace kanye's uh mission they also acknowledge that taylor's been saying the same thing and i think honestly to be fair like like uh like the news like the media in general has been also very pro taylor too it's more just the general fans and public that have been more like judgy wedgy but (laughs) judgy wedgy yeah (laughs) we'll see how it all how it all shakes out it's uh yeah well hopefully one day you know i think it's definitely (laughs) gonna change between taylor and between like kanye bringing it to light it's gonna change the way new artists look at their contracts Mm, yeah who knows yeah it's a it's a tough world so hopefully something good comes of it yeah
But I mean, we're still having uh, good times on our social media. Um, You can always find us at Switchish Podcast on Instagram. Look ahead for some uh, giveaways that seem to be very plentiful and delightful. Just waiting on that card again and then we'll do our first round of (laughs) CD giveaways. Perfect. And then we're also on Twitter at SwitchishPod13. You can send us your emails with your fan theories, your questions, Mm -hmm. your thoughts, your complaints, whatever it is. Oh my gosh, please don't mind. We're at at gmail.com. And And don't forget to rate us. If you go to um, iTunes, just find Swiftish Podcast. Swipe all the way down or up. I don't know which way. And (laughs) uh, give us five stars and tell us, tell our listeners why you like us. It'll help other people find us and love Mm -hmm, us as much mm -hmm. as you do. Yes, that's all we need. But until next time, I'm Shelby. And I'm Ashley. And Taylor, we're just here shining just for you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm.